It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Longhorn Notebook. And uh, with that, they won... uh, 4-0 Four nothing over Texas A&M Corpus Christi on Saturday. Came back on Sunday and won four nothing over Pepperdine. So it's on to the round of sixteen, or as they like to say in basketball parlance, I guess you could say in tennis parlance as well. The Sweet Sixteen. Texas hosting North Carolina, and uh, uh, scheduled, and I will leave it at that for the moment for the uh, Texas. Uh, tennis center. More on that coming up as we visit with head coach Bruce Burke, who joins us on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Bruce, I appreciate the time. How are you this morning? I'm doing great, and I always appreciate the chance to be on and talk Texas tennis. Well, it's it's great to have you, and I know you you're very pleased with what you've seen. You know, the layman might look at it and say, "Okay." Uh, they they won the Big Twelve Conference regular season title, went in as the number one seed. Uh, they won four nothing uh, over Corpus. They won four nothing over Pepperdine. They're on to the Sweet Sixteen. Everything is just great and all this. I know coaches look at things a little differently, uh, it, schematically, pragmatically. Uh, it, w- would it be safe to say that your team has report uh, has performed very very well? But you as a coach. And your student athletes, you're always looking at how you can be a little bit better, even though you didn't drop, uh, didn't drop one uh, during uh, your matches, drop a set or drop a, a match to any of uh, the opponents for either A and M Corpus or Pepperdine. Yeah, I'd say that's absolutely safe to say. Um, a lot of times in these uh, postseason matches, you're playing to four points, and there's a total of seven points on the board. So sometimes a 4-0 can uh, look extremely dominant and be closer than the score would indicate. And we were down or even in a couple of the other remaining matches against Pepperdine, who's a very strong team. And uh, the depth in college tennis, especially on the men's side this year, is, is very high. So we know that any team, just about any team we play from this point on is cap- more than capable of beating us if they play well and we, and we don't show up. So we're leaving nothing to chance. And the biggest reason for our success this year is that our guys have treated every match the same and been ready to play. So uh, we're hoping to to do the same thing this week, but we know there's always always little things we can do to improve. You and I have had this conversation before about, uh, and I hear coaches in any sport, football, basketball, baseball, uh, tennis, track and field, golf, whatever, I, I hear coaches say the best teams are the ones that are player-led. So it sounds like what you're talking about is when you say that your guys have – take it everything uh you know every match the same with the same amount of seriousness uh it would it, is is that a good way to describe that this, this is truly a player-led team even though you're the head coach and you've got a coaching staff but to have a player-led team is the best kind of team yeah absolutely I always have felt that and it seems like leadership qualities and having players having groups that are able to hold each other accountable or um not as common as they used to be, but we're definitely fortunate to have that kind of group this year, and they're an extremely close team, but they're not so close that they're afraid to be honest with each other. And I think that comes with experience, too. Um, yeah, another way to put it is, you know, we I think we help them come up with the themes that they want to focus on each year, and they, they've done a good job of that 
Um, but it's also really nice to see not only when players are buying into the message that the coaches are giving, but when they're also selling it to each other. That's that's fun for us, and that's when we can sit back and watch them lead and grow as um, as teammates and leaders, and then we can focus a little bit more on the X's and O's and trying to get them better technically and tactically so they can perform well. But I definitely feel like we are in that position this year. Visiting with Bruce Burke, Texas men's tennis coach here on Life, the Tower on the Horn. Uh, it, it's easy for a lot of folks to, to gravitate uh, to seeing what your guys are doing in singles, but I, I'm always curious to get your thoughts on uh, on uh, your doubles and and who's you know the guys that uh, that that get the doubles points for you as well and it, because it's such a big it's such a big part of it earlier with the way things started out is it a real a tone setter for your guys? Yeah, absolutely. I think it is for all teams. You know, everyone wants to fight hard to win that doubles point and you know get an early lead in the match. And I always tell our guys we want to play like it's the most important point in the match and, and the most important thing that exists right now is trying to win that doubles point. But then when it's over, we have the opposite approach win or lose. We say that's only one out of seven points. So, um, but it, it is nice to get ahead in the doubles. And I know that's one, going to be one of the challenges this weekend because North Carolina doubles has always been a strength of theirs. And uh, I do think we're playing well and it's steadily improved in our doubles this year, but you know, it's going to be a big challenge against North Carolina. Would would it be safe to say also that uh, with a group like uh, Elliot Spaziri and, and Cleve Harper, you've got a doubles group that you feel is 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 good enough to knock off just about anybody? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Cleve was an NCAA doubles champion last year with Richard Ciamara, who graduated, and uh, Elliot has been a top ten doubles player in the past with multiple partners, and you know he's a U.S. Open junior doubles champion. So they de- they definitely know what they're doing, and they're ranked three in the country for a reason. Um, but doubles is a bit of a crapshoot these days because you only play one set and it's no ad scoring. So the margins are super thin and North Carolina in particular is well coached in doubles and they've got a lot of big servers and that can be a big difference maker. We don't have a lot of overwhelming power in, in servers on, on our three doubles teams. We do, we do fine in that department. Um, so we need to really rely on our energy and our discipline um, with our tactics to get the job done. And so I think it's going to be an interesting matchup in doubles. Uh, in, in jumping to your single singles, obviously, I guess it, it, it only makes sense to start with Elliot with, with what he's uh, been able to do for you and uh, it, him and uh, Nevin Air Millie as well. Both of those guys, I guess, make, make a big, big difference for you with what, what they've been doing uh, on the court uh, for you. And, uh, and then also, uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on CM Waldy and, and what he's done and the progress he's made. I know you mentioned him at some point and how far he's come as a player as well, a young man from California, and, and what he's done and the, and the progress that he's made over his time at UT. Yeah, for sure. CM's an extremely good athlete, and he kind of made his mark pretty early in his freshman year and had some really good wins and had some pretty big moments. Um, you know, since then he's had some flashes of brilliance and then some low moments too on the court and struggled with, um, you know, some off court challenges also, uh, last year was probably his worst of his first three seasons, I guess. Um, but this year, and it really started after last season, he really dedicated himself in the summer to trying to, uh, mature as a, you know, as a as a guy who goes about his craft and appreciates the opportunities he has every day, um, and he's really done that. And so he's been very much more consistent this year with his daily approach, 
and also with taking care of his body. And, and we've seen the results on the court. You know, he's been much more consistent in his play. And when he's going right, we, that's a massive strength for us because he's got a different kind of game. He takes the ball super early and comes to net a lot. He's quick for a guy who's about almost 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, he's super quick. He moves well. And he's very aggressive in taking the ball early. So, um, And when he's, when he's right, he's emotionally like a fire plug. I'd say him and Cleve Harper, you know, can really – us a, give us a big boost emotionally on the court. So CM's been a major reason for the success we've had this year, and he's won some big matches. Another guy, uh, Bruce, that, that I've been kind of fascinated with seeing how he's had to turn things back around uh, is is your sophomore Pierre E. Bailey. When uh, here, here's a guy who had to miss the entire fall due to injury and and then come back and really jump back into it and do it and do a good job. And it looks like he's recovered nicely and, and really just worked hard. He has. He's a very hard. We've got a team full of hard workers, but Pierre is definitely one of them. Um, he came in as an international student from Belgium in January of last year, which is really not easy to do. It's it's because you're jumping right into the dual match season, and when you're coming from another country, you really most most often have no idea what this is all about, and so it's a whole different kind of pressure um, because guys typically aren't used to playing for a team. But I thought he did really well last year. He had some big wins for us. Um, and then he struggled with an injury on his wrist late last year, like many of our guys did, and couldn't really play throughout the whole summer. And in the fall, he didn't really play. He started practicing midway through the fall, and, uh, yeah, he's had a really good season. I think he's won eight of his last ten matches, and he's had a few big ones. He clinched our Big 12 regular season championship against a really good player from TCU, um, and he's had some uh, some big wins. He also clinched our win over – Ohio State at the National Indoors when, when they were number one in the country. So, yeah, he's he's definitely dedicated himself like many of our guys have, and he's on a good path, a good trend right now. I, I, this is going to sound – Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I started to say this uh, This is going to sound like a little bit of uh, 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 an unusual type of question, I guess, but for a layman, and we just got through talking about Pierre, he had uh, his match unfinished – uh, also, Elliot had his. Ziri uh, had a match unfinished. Uh, Armilly, uh, Armilly had his match unfinished because y- your your group just wrapped it all up. And uh, in his uh, Spaziri's match had moved to a third set, and Pierre's match uh, was trailing when play stopped. Uh, Armilly's match was trailing when play stopped. When that happens, but the, it's all about the team first, and they, and, and you've talked about it. What do you? What are the conversations like with you with guys who might have been trailing in the match, but the time it ends up being uh, moot at the end because the team finished the job and did it? About what it's like going into the next thing, what their mindset is like when they come off a match that didn't get finished, but they were trailing at the time, and and what their approach is when they come off a match and get ready for the next one. Yeah, it really depends on the circumstances of the match and how they were playing at the time. You know, tennis is a weird team sport because there are team themes that we have each day and there are general things you can observe about how a team competes and it helps each other during the matches that we address as a team. But after each match, win or lose, um, good play or bad play, you know, the coaches are having individual conversations with each player in each position, really. We've got nine matches going on in each dual match and each one can have a completely separate identity so we really need to break down what's happened specifically in each match i think the guys are at this time of year the number one focus is on the team so everyone's happy that we won but then we do need to have a conversation with each player 
um, to see where they were, to see where they can do better for the next match, and then also if they played well, then to make sure they understand what they were doing well and and how they can stay focused on the next one. So it's a lot of individual conversations. Um, in this case, uh, you know, Elliot, I think they were all fine. Maybe a little frustration if they were if they were trailing, and and uh, sometimes that even helps them. You know, I think someone like Pierre helps them when he doesn't perform up to his capability. And I know he doesn't think he did in this last match. Um, that kind of fuels him a little bit for the next one. You know, he gets pretty determined because nobody wants to let down their team. And uh, and I think in some ways he felt like he he did in that match. And I would predict that he's going to be ready to put a great effort out in this next one. That's exactly where I was going with that, about the motivation that came. Okay, uh, give folks an idea. You mentioned a little bit about North Carolina and how historically they've done well in doubles. What kinds of challenges do the Tar Heels present for your team? Well, a couple of things. One, they're they're always good. You know, they're well coached and they've they've been a perennial top of the ACC team. And it wasn't too long ago that they reached the finals of NCAA. So we know they're a good program. Uh, they have three lefties in their lineup, which is a little unusual. So we don't have any lefties on our team. So it's that's a little bit of a challenge because typically if we have a guy that's getting ready to play a lefty, then we'll have them practice with the lefty on our team. But we don't have that opportunity this year. Uh, so they have three lefties. Uh, they have some really big servers on the team, which is especially helpful for, helpful for them in doubles. And, uh, you know, should our match have to go indoors, I think they typically play very good tennis indoors. And we're fine indoors. We reached the finals of the national indoors. But um, I think that would be a strength of theirs is playing indoors. So those are the, you know, aside from just being a good team and a good competitive team, they've got some lefties that we don't often see. And they've got some big servers on the team that, play well especially indoors so we're hoping weather cooperates and we can play this match outside but if not we'll be road tripping at the Steiner Ranch and and welcoming whoever uh, can make the trip. Uh, Bruce that's what I was going to mention next is uh, that the flexibility that your guys need to have in case the weather doesn't cooperate and we we've all seen the forecast for what could happen uh, this weekend and uh, we could get some heavy rain At, at what point uh, does the NCAA or in consultation uh, with you and, and others make that point? I mean, is it all about looking at forecasts? Is it, is it uh, rain, steady rain going on? Uh, what, what's been the, the, your experience with how far they go in NCAA tournament play before they decide, okay, there's an indoor option, we're going to shuttle over, we're going to go out to Steiner Ranch and, and play this indoors like you said you had to do it uh in before and, and i know there's been uh, other matches men's and women's in the past in the ncaa tournament that had to shift indoors as well what's the mindset on uh when the decision or how they go about the decision to deciding other than just what the forecast might be about when you decide we've got to take this inside well their priority is definitely to try to play the match outside if at all possible um if you have an indoor backup which we do and you're not allowed to push it to the next day to play it outside. So this match is going to be played on Saturday regardless. Um, so other than that, they're going to be looking at are the courts wet or dry and what the forecast is. I guess the other factor is that they have two matches to play uh, at this site because the women are playing too. So um, perhaps for our match, they could have waited a little bit longer if there was just one match to play. Um, but really, if there's a window in the day, um, they could ma- they could potentially even move the matches earlier if they thought that would help. I don't think that's going to help. Um, so how long they're going to wait, it's really dependent on the circumstance. But um, if it's hopeless, 
you know, they, they won't wait very long at all. If it's raining and it's the forecast is for rain all day, pretty heavy chance, and they're, they're going to just move them in. But if there's a potential of a window to get the mats outside, then they're going to wait. So I can't really give you a simple answer for that, but I could just tell you the priorities to play outside. And then before a decision is made here, they have to be in consultation with the people at the NCAA to make sure that, you know, there's every reasonable effort to play the match outside. It is uh, scheduled for outside of the Texas Tennis Center, Saturday, 3 o'clock, Texas against North Carolina in the NCAA round of 16. Bruce, it's always a pleasure to visit with you. I appreciate you taking the time, and uh, best of luck to you this weekend. And uh, let's look forward to a visit on down the road for Nationals. All right, I hope so. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. Thank you, Bruce.